Hello, and thanks for tuning in to the Peckville Assembly of God podcast. We're so glad you're here. Now, welcome Pastor Terry Drost with today's message. The year was 1996. Our kids were just little, and we had spent a week in Florida for vac- uh, vacation, Christmas time. I don't know if you've ever been, ever been, anybody ever been to Florida at Christmas time? It's not like Christmas, but it sure was nice to get out of the cold for a week, four or five days. I was working a job at uh, Panel Prints, and I was able to get some time off and spend time. My wife uh, drove down. We had, a, we had a minivan. Anybody ever have a minivan before? Yeah, I want my boys to get minivans because their families are growing, and they're like, minivan, they're t- yuck. <laughs> what? I, I didn't like it either. It, it wasn't cool. It kind of works against our libido. You hear what I'm saying, Okay. It's not a macho thing, and now they have crossovers and SUVs. But back then in the 90s, how many remember those minivans, right? Yeah, and this one, we had a, it was, a, it was actually called a Pontiac Transport. It had the big old window uh, in the front. Remember that? In fact, my kids nicknamed it the Windex Mobile. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this this week that, you know, we, we had enjoyed vacation with my wife's family, and it was all good. And we were driving back home. Our family of five, and Jeannie Demian, Jeannie Menarchik, and who's a close friend of the family and all that, right? So, so we're coming back, 96, and the kids are eating these. Uh, there's some different foods in the South. Uh, and how many of you ever heard of boiled peanuts? Have you ever heard of boiled? Yeah, so they were eating too many boiled peanuts. In fact, the problem they were having is they were, my middle son, in fact, Dylan, he's here somewhere, uh, he was eating them with the shell on them. And, you know, boys will be boys. How many know boys? Anybody raise boys? I mean, they're just boys. I mean, they're just all over the place, you know. They just say it, you know. No filter. And so, anyway, we're driving back. We had been on the road at that point several hours now. And we had just crossed the Florida-Georgia line, not the band, but the actual state line, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, after eating, ingesting too much snacks, too many boiled peanuts, and too much red Kool-Aid, we heard this sound in the back and it came forward and the gray interior in that minivan cloth interior I might add was covered in a red kind of peanut shell mixture I think he threw up everything even a Lego that was lodged deep within from the second grade and so thank God every state when you cross the line I believe has a rest area a welcome center and it was a welcome sigh of relief. So we pulled in there. Of course, Jeannie was like, oh, my gosh, I can't look at it. I'm going to be sick. She was like a teenager back then. And so we got in the van. We got out of the van. And that van particularly had, like, seats you could, like, pull out one at a time, individual seats, thank God, because it was a long way to Pennsylvania. And, you know, I went around the back, and a guy had a, a big hose there, and, we, and he, he was so nice. And he helped me. We cleaned everything down, wiped and put towels down, got everything, got the mess, and got back up on the road, you know. And so as bad as that may seem to you, I, want, I said all that to get your attention to say this. Jesus said in Matthew's gospel, the 15th chapter and the 11th the verse, listen to this. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but it's what comes out of their mouth. That is what defiles them. Let's pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today with this subject of our words, Lord. And as we're in this series, I declare war, God, going through the Word of God, also chapter and verse on the midweek service. God, I pray that you would help us to become more like Christ in this area of the words that come out of our mouth. 
May they be pleasing and acceptable to you, Lord Jesus, and to others. We ask it in Jesus' name, all God's people said. Amen. Words. I declare war today. Declaring war on what we say is what we're going to talk about. How many understand that the words that come out of our mouth are not always pleasing to God? Amen. You ever hit your, if, you, if you're so holy and pious and spiritual, how many have ever hit your thumb with a hammer? Okay, there you go. Yeah, I probably didn't break out into praise and worship. You know, I sing praises. No. A little different on Monday than on Sunday, okay? Proverbs 18, 21. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Someone once said the tongue is like a nuclear reactor. A nuclear reactor can either light up a town or it can create a bomb and wipe out a whole city. The tongue is very powerful. Go to James chapter 3 if you have your Bible. If not, we'll put it up on the screen for you. World War II uh, used Orville Wright's invention of the airplane to rain down bombs on European cities, and it made Orville Wright, the founder of uh, aviation, heartsick to see that the thing that he invented for good was being used for mass destruction to wipe out thousands of lives. There was lots of bloodshed on an invention that he made in the beaches of Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. How many know that uh, bricks can be used to build a hospital, but they can also be used to, be, to throw through a window and shatter glass? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? The internet can be used for good on your phone, and it can also be used for bad. The tongue is like that. The tongue can be used to bless. It can be used to curse. It can be used for good things. It can be used for terrible things. And James... The Great writes this in James chapter 3. By the way, if you're just joining us, I just want to say to you, midweek Bible studies, we go through the Word of God since January 1, chapter and verse, just to take any guesswork out of who we are and what we do. But I understand on Sunday morning, there are four types of ground here. Jesus taught on the parable of the sower. So the seed, which is the Word of God, for some of you will take root, it'll germinate, and you'll reap a great harvest. For others, it'll fall on deaf ears. So for those of you who want to go deeper in the Word, I'd like to see on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. here, we spent three and a half months in the book of James alone from the first week of January. Now we're going through Acts. We've gone through Ephesians. For those of you that like to go a little deeper in the Word, can you say amen? So James opens up James chapter 3 and verse 3. He says, "We we can make a large horse go wherever we want, by means of a small bit in its mouth and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, verse 5, James 3 and verse 5, in the same way the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. Have you found that to be true? Great fires burning in California. Somebody was driving down the road, driving down the highway, and they flicked a cigarette butt, a lit cigarette butt out into a dry tinderbox, if you will, and it caught a forest on fire, and several thousand people lost their homes from one little tiny spark. Your tongue is the same way, God said, right here in James chapter 3. And he says, And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. Have you found that to be true? Your words. For it is set on fire by hell itself. Pretty strong. Verse 7, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. 
It is, a, it is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises the Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God himself. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the very same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, James writes, this is not right, exclamation point. Have you found that words can be hurtful to you? Anybody been hurt in this room by something someone else said about you or to you maybe, maybe behind your back? I want to say to you, loved ones, today, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, we sing that song, he's the king of my heart. I love it. But listen, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, how many know he needs to be the Lord of your lips also? The Bible said, Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth will speak. What type of words are you speaking today? And I preach this to you from a point of weakness, not of strength. I'm preaching to myself today. Because I have areas that I've struggled, but I've seen some growth here. And I, my prayer for you today, folks, is that you would grow also in this area of your speech, of your words. So we're declaring war today on our words. Last week we talked about the battlefield of the mind and the thoughts about taking things into captivity. Amen? But today it's about words. And there's three specific ways I want to talk to you. Three areas of impact if you're a note taker like I am. If you like to write things down, I believe this will help you to learn even more. Three different ways we realize our weights, our, our words are very weighty. Are you ready? Number one, your words impact other people. Your words impact greatly other people in your life. Can you say amen? Whether you believe it or not, it's still true. You're allowed a lot of 5,000 words a day, and now we're living in a culture where a sarcastic, mocking culture, if you will, you know, people say things like, you know, hey, the 80s called and they want their tie back, <laughs> right? They'll say, no offense, bro, which actually makes absolutely no sense because how many know everything is like recycled today? Yeah, if you want to spend a lot of money in New York City, don't go to the high-end fashion stores. Just go down to the street and what they call vintage was once a Salvation Army. Are right, you hearing what I'm saying? Everything is back in style, so there's nothing new under the sun. So when we have to say, no offense, bro, how many of you know that there's certainly better ways to encourage people and to get attention? Let me tell you who gets attention. People that encourage. People that are positive. They'll always be in high demand. People who are willing to operate in humility and not pride. People who are willing to say, I'm sorry. Or how about, you look great today. Amen? And so the Bible has a lot to say about our words. And I could have used dozens of scriptures. I'm just going to use a few of them here today. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 from the New Living Translation. If you have your Bible, if not, we'll put it up on the screen for you. The Bible says, don't use foul or abusive language. Anybody that talks like that? Don't use foul or abusive language. Today, verbal abuse is a big thing, but it's not, it's not something new. It goes all the way back to human history. Paul writing to the church at Ephesus, don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Let me ask you, does your family feel like they've received a gift from you when you enter the room and speak to them? Do they feel like they've received a present from you? Not in the Billy Madison way where it's flaming and on their doorstep. You can read between the lines on that one. Proverbs 18, 21, we quote it again and again, the power of life and death is on the tongue. Let me give you a little bit different 
angle from the Passion Translation. How many anybody have the Passion Translation out there? This is a beautiful translation. Listen to this. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit you choose. How many know you get the choice to choose which words come out of your mouth? Either poison, venomous poison. The Komodo dragon is a small dragon, but it's been known to kill pigs and even cows because of the venom, the power of the venom that comes out of its mouth, straight from its tongue. Do you know that words can cut people right down? And one of the the things of sarcasm is that people use words to cut someone else down to elevate themselves. It never works over the long term because it's like a tooth that's sore. Do you ever have a tooth that's sore and you know you need to go to the dentist and you you need to get a look at it, but you just keep pushing on it and it feels better temporarily, but then when it comes back, the pain is twice as bad? That's the way it works when you choose words that are venomous. They're poison. Colossians 4.6 in the Passion Translation, TPT is the translation, the Passion Translation. Colossians 4.6, the Church of Colossae, written from the great Apostle Paul. He says this, let every word you speak be drenched with grace. Let every word you speak, think about that. Look at the words on the screen. Let every word you speak be drenched with grace. What is grace? Unmerited favor. And tempered with truth. Tempered with truth and clarity. Listen. For then you will be ready to give a respectful answer to anyone who asks you about your faith. Isn't that beautiful? I love, you know, I have my... Our birthday, my birthday was this week. I don't make a big deal about birthdays. My goodness, now you get text messages. And uh, all day long, happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. You know? And we were up, uh, we spent, I spent my birthday, my 54th birthday. I know it's hard to believe, amen? Somebody texted me and said, how does it feel to be 29 all over again? I said, it feels great. I received that in Jesus' name, amen? I received that. <laughs> But we spent our birthday with uh, our grandkids. And my wife said, let's just take a day off. Can we take a day off and we'll go up to the... So we went to the pumpkin patch. And uh, I don't know if you got a picture. Look at that. Isn't that a great day right there? Praise God. That's a happy bunch right there. Praise the Lord. And my phone kept going off all day long. Happy birthday. How many of you understand me? Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And I appreciate it. Don't, don't misunderstand me. And I appreciate the kind words. See how that makes you feel, the kind words. And my wife said, you know, a couple years ago was your birthday on a Sunday and you were preaching. I don't know if you remember this or not. And I said, I don't. And she said, you had your cell phone in your shirt pocket. I said, wow, that was a mistake. And she said it was facing the people and you didn't have your jacket on. And she said it kept lighting up like every three seconds. (laughs) It was like a lighthouse. Lighthouse. You know. (laughs) But I actually got a lot of cards. I just want to say thank you for those things. And I got a card from... Pastor Dave Twist, who's actually the presbyter here in the Northeast, dear friend of mine, and his wife, Laura. And it's interesting. We talk about spirit of wolf, right? In this series, If you're in the small group piece of this, you understand about the spirit of wolf and all that stuff and coming up in you. And, and the card, look at that. It's got a wolf on the cover. And I don't know how he knew that, or maybe it was just, you know, Lord trying to encourage me or something. Anyway, it says, the light in your eyes, the joy in your spirit, the kindness in your heart. Terry. You embody so many wonderful qualities. Each year, you shine even brighter. Thanking God for you on your birthday. Then he has written, you know, 
Have an incredible happy birthday. Enjoy your special day. Blessings to you, Brother David Laura. See what words do? Words can either build up or words can tear down. Are your words building people up or are they tearing them down? Are you a battery charger or a battery drainer? Let's talk about these woofs for a second. So I learned this this week, that woofs, you know, when they howl, let's just practice our howl. You know, they go, oh, just go ahead and do it. Give a big howl, oh, let's give them something to talk about there in the community. They'll say, now they're making them howl like woofs on Sundays, you know, how many you ever heard a wolf or a coyote howling out there in the, in the wilderness, out there in the woods, guys? Do you know I read, I just read this this week, that a wolf's howl can be heard up to 10 miles away. And you know what they're doing by that? And they don't intentionally howl in harmony. They actually do it out of harmony. I don't know what word that would be. <laughs> It'd be like somebody trying to sing that can't, shouldn't be holding a microphone, amen? <laughs> you know anybody like that? <laughs> Praise God, make a joyful noise, amen? Praise God. And so, uh, and so they howl before they're going to go out on a hunt. How many of you are hunters here? You go out there in the woods, you love to hunt, okay? And so, you know, wolf are known for being hunters, okay? And so what they do is they, when they're howling, they're encouraging each other. They're, that's literally what they're doing. If you study the nature of the beast, they're like, it'd be like uh, chest bumping before a Friday night football game. Come on, we can do this. Come on. Our worship team did it before they came out today. Amen? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> there you are. And so, you know, they're, they're, they're howling, and what they're doing is they're encouraging one another. Come on. We're going to go into a fight. We're going to go hunting. We're going out there. It's not going to be easy, but together we're better. Do you see the obvious parallel here? Do you see the obvious parallel? Don't be over-spiritual and say, well, you know, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Let me tell you something. Jesus would not have created the wolf. God himself created that animal if there weren't good qualities too. Jesus also said, be wise as serpents. So don't get overly spiritual on me. You know, when, if you're one of them people who has a dirt devil and you call it the devil, I mean, I feel sorry for you, okay? Come on, live in a real world, Okay. But when they do that, when they, they howl like that, they're building each other up. What about you? When your family's around you, when your coworkers are around you, are you encouraging them? The Bible says, let us spur one another on to love and good deeds. Can you say amen? And so this morning, as I'm sharing this word with you, that's exactly what I'm doing. Well, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> Words. <laughs> I was at, I was at a NC Wolf. How many know who the Wolf Pack is? NC State. Yeah, I'm not a fan, but that's what they do. They're encouraging. They're building each other up. Amen? You need scriptures for that to make it legal? Let me give you a bunch of them. Hebrews 10, 24. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. <laughs> That's a motivation. I'm saying, come on, you can do this, brother. I put my hand on your shoulder and say, I believe in you. You did it to me this week. 
Can I just give you one? I don't mean to embarrass him, but one of our young men, Luke, who's played the keyboard over here, said, Pastor, the next day after my birthday, and again, I'm not one of them guys that looks for that, but you know, how many know we all need to be encouraged? You either encourage or you discourage. Encourage literally means in the Greek, the original, for those of you Bible scholars, it means to impart courage to someone. Discourage means to take courage away. Okay? He said to me, Pastor, you've, I want you to know how much you meant to me. You mean the world to me. You've helped me, you know, see words. It's howling. It's saying, I'm going to impact you because I believe in you. Amen? That's what we're doing. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to motivate one another. We're supposed to encourage one another. I thank God this is a life-giving church that encourages one another. It's not perfect, but it's not a place of discouragement. Proverbs 25, 11 says it like this. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in settings of silver. So you impact, words impact others. Here's the second point out of three. Your words impact your future. Your words impact the future. Can you say amen? Come on, you know this. Proverbs 27, 17. The Bible says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, for assuredly I say unto you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He will have whatever he says. How many know you can have what you say? Some of us are so good at just saying what we have. Dr. Jerry Savell stood at this pulpit the other night, Monday night, and he said, I'm convinced that Christians are the only group of people who fight to be defeated. Fight to be defeated. We're going to fight and tell you how bad things are. But this is what I have. This is what I have. This is what I have. No, you can have what you say. Instead of saying what you have, you should have what you say. Start to begin to say, 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 not pray, say. Am I saying not to pray? No, don't misunderstand me. Your words are spirit and they're life. And you can have whatever you say. Do you realize how easy, dear brother and sister, it would have been not to build this church and just to listen to the masses that said, nah, they ain't never going to build that church. All the negativity out there. Do they realize this is Lackawanna County? They realize these are old hills and there's no money here? Let me just say something to those of you critics. Ha, 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 Look what the Lord has done. I said, look what the Lord has done. You can have what you say. We said it would happen in the timing of God, in the sovereignty of the Lord, and guess what? You're sitting in it 11 and a half years later. So put that devil in your hellish pike and smoke it. If you believe that, go ahead and clap your hands and give God some praise. Your words affect your future. If you say to this mountain, it will be removed, it shall be removed and cast into the sea. Let me just go ahead and say this because I love you so much. Sometimes, loved ones, the biggest mountain that needs to be removed, listen. Sometimes the biggest mountain that needs to be removed is the mountain in your heart. It's the mountain in here. I love you enough to tell you the truth. We build up mountains of 
insecurity and anxiety and worry and depression and fear and negativity and, and gossip and even complaining. And can I tell you, God absolutely hates complaining. Proverbs chapter 17 hates it. And if we're not careful, we build a mountain of fear up in our heart and we become, we become people who live in self-imposed prisons. In here and in here. Last week we talked about our mind, that we've got to take those thoughts into captivity and make them bow to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Every high thing that exalts itself against the name of Jesus, listen, by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Holy Spirit, your words affect your future greatly. Amen? So it would be better for you to get up in the morning and say, Good morning, Lord. Instead of, oh, Lord, it's morning. All right? Amen? Say, I don't know what to say. Say the word of God. Say the word of God. How about this one? God says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, come on, you know this, say it if you know it out loud. All things work together for good for them that are called according to his purpose. Amen? For we know that all things work together for good for those who love God. How many of you love God? Yeah. So if you love God and you believe the word of God and you declare the word of God, the Bible says it'll all work out for your good. If you believe that, why don't you clap your hands and show God that you mean business with your faith. Amen? All things, the good, the bad, the ugly, the challenges, those things will work together for good. Why? Because I'm called of God. Are you called of God? Yeah. The minute you were saved, you're called of God. Your words affect your future. They greatly affect your future. They affect others, and they affect your future. Let me tell you one last point today before we close. They also affect yourself. They impact, it's really a better word, impact yourself. They impact. Your words impact your future. They impact yourself. Do you know the majority of talk is self-talk? Self-talk. Things we say to ourselves. you know. Some of us get up in the morning. We're like, oh, God, I just want to lay here for another hour. <laughs> right? And we get up. Our eyes are all squinting. You know, we go walking into the bathroom. We try to splash some cold water on our face. Come on, you know who you are. And then we go, or sometimes we have to get up in the night. I mean, that's even worse. Get up in the night if you've got small kids. You know, you step on that Lego. Like, oh, God, Legos. You know, you've got that. You step on your foot, you know. <laughs> and we start to talk to ourselves. From the moment we wake up, sometimes even in our sleep, we talk to ourselves. We start to say things. We, and if we're not careful, listen, we, we fall into the trap of two tools of the enemy. One is called dread. The other one is called regret. You start to dread the day. It's like, oh, I don't want to deal with that guy. I'm going to have to deal with him. I'm going to have to. And you start to make this mountain in our heart before our day even gets started. Is anybody hearing what I'm saying? Man, I'm telling you right now, folks, I'm not saying I've arrived at anything, but I believe I'm a work in progress just like you are. But I have decided in my mind that I am moving from being my own worst critic. And I want to be my own coach. 
Hey guys, we hope you enjoyed that message. And if you did, take a photo of you listening and tag us on your social. Thanks again for joining us. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.